0: Before we get started with this week's episode, I wanted to jump on here real quick and wish you guys a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope you guys are going to have a good one and definitely find a way to make it fun for yourself this year. I know a lot of us are not going home for the holidays. We're still dealing with COVID and the cases are pretty fucking high right now. And so it's it's nothing to fuck with. Let's just say that. COVID is nothing to fuck with. <laughs> But before we get into the show, I just want to say this. I highly suggest you go to our YouTube channel and watch this week's episode there. There's going to be a bunch of visual content that we play the audio for on the podcast that just won't make sense. If you go to our YouTube channel, it'll be a much better experience. You'll see the insanity that we're talking about as you hear it on the show. So head on over to YouTube. Look up In Love With The Process, you'll find it, and subscribe to us. And uh, for those of you who do subscribe, you're in for a treat, because as we push into the new year, we'll be uploading more and more footage, and hopefully if we get out of this crisis, which we will, um, we'll start videotaping the show, and we'll make it a big, bigger and better YouTube experience. But jump on the bandwagon now, subscribe, and strap yourselves in. It's a great episode. A question for you guys: How much time do you spend online? Have you guys downloaded those apps that keep track of the amount of time that you spend on Instagram and the amount of time you spend on YouTube? Uh, I find myself consistently, constantly getting lost in either a YouTube hole or an Instagram hole, and just falling deep into the crazy world that is the internet these days. And we live in a time period where. As content creators, there are so many different formats out there, right? It isn't just feature films anymore, it isn't just television shows. But now you're dealing with uh, short content, you're dealing with music video content, which has been around for a while, but even smaller than that. You're into the the TikTok range, at one point it was Vine, and uh, now it's all about meme creation. It's a crazy world that just seems to be getting shorter and shorter and shorter with all the attention spans out there. Um, and Every once in a while, in the sea of memes, and the sea of just like dopamine trash, uh, there are clips that float to the surface for me. And there are videos that uh, I rewatch over and over again. There are pieces that make me chuckle. And most of the time, it's because whoever has been creating it has a dark sense of humor, uh, has like a really great editing skill and style. Um, And uh, that's how I found today's guest. And uh, I've been following this guy for quite some time. Uh, It took a little while for me to get in touch with him to get him on the show, but I'm very happy I did because you guys are in for a treat today. Um, Today we're hanging out with the amazing Mike Diva. Now, if you're not familiar with his work, do yourself a favor right now. Just type him into YouTube. Type him into your web browser, look at his website, and take a second. I'll wait as it loads. And then as you scroll through, check him out, look up Mike Diva online, scroll through, and then go, oh, fuck, he made that video. Oh, shit, he did this video too. Fuck, I love that video. That's exactly what I did when I was looking up his work. I went, fuck, I had no idea (laughs) that this guy did Sexy Sax Man right how many of you guys going yes sexy sax man Fuck yeah the origins of that my favorite thing that he did was a short called pre-birth that had the creepiest looking demons with triangular fucking black triangular heads smashing babies to create a song beat (laughs) we talk about it on the episode we talk about the repercussion of making something like that it's hysterical uh this is a really good episode for you guys because If you go through his list of stuff he made that crazy donald trump uh that donald trump commercial that was from japan supposedly from japan that was pro-donald trump back in 2016. hysterical little did he know that he would end up uh be predicting the next four years of our fucking lives at that point um and then i know i was talking to tran here at the apartment and he's a huge fan of his uh kill the noise video which he did back in 2012, which when you look at what he was doing at that time period, especially for like the new retro wave movement and the synth wave movement, he was kind of at the forefront of this stuff. And he's one of those early guys that got in at the early stages of YouTube and was able to establish himself as a creator on YouTube and built a, a pretty massive audience with it, making insane little videos that ultimately have been seen by people that work for the U S government. If you look at his client base after that, from where he's gone from making crazy little dog memes and videos about shooting his brother in the face to like doing stuff for uh, government agencies. It's pretty fucking crazy. It's really cool. This is a great episode. It's a very inspiring episode, especially for those of you that are listening to the show. I know a lot of you guys are YouTube creators. I know a lot of you girls out there are from all over the planet taking your iPhones, and creating content. And more often than not, you ask yourself, well, where could this fucking go, right? I made this funny little clip, but then what? You know, how often do you show that stuff to your parents where they go, that's cute. You're making stuff for YouTube, great. What's your job goal? What's your job plan? Mike's got a really interesting story about all that stuff. You actually see the progression of making small clips to doing huge Commercial campaigns. He recently just did, if you haven't seen it yet, he just did the new Run the Jewels video for the Cyberpunk video game. And it's fucking fantastic. It's his most polished piece yet. Uh, and we talk about how he pulled that off. We talk about how he worked with a team of like graphic designers and uh, visual effects artists all over the world to make that piece work and how long it takes to do these pieces. Really cool stuff. It's a great episode. I'm excited to be here with you guys. I'm excited to be able to get you this content. And thank you, everybody, who have been consistently following me on Instagram at MikePetchy on Instagram or following the podcast in Love of the Process Pod. That's in Love of the Process Pod on Instagram. There, you guys have been suggesting people. I think was today's episode. It might have been a suggestion from one of you guys. And I think someone sent me a link going, You got to get Mike Diva on the show. And I went, Fuck yeah, I've been trying to get him on the show. And then it made it happen. So I read your comments. I read your messages on there. So if you have ideas for other guests that you want me to get on the show, and you don't have to be realistic about it. I'd like to get Arnold Schwarzenegger on the show too. And I will continuously hound him until we get him on the show. It's fine. Send me the craziest idea. Someone that you're obsessed with. Someone that I have no idea exists. Because remember, I'm practically a 40-year-old man sitting on his front fucking porch at this point. So there's a lot of really cool shit out there that you youngsters know more about than I do. So send me your ideas. And uh we will try to get them on the show. And then uh I can say fuck to them a bunch, and they can say asshole back to me, and then we'll, you know, give you some good
1: entertainment.
0: <laughs> um, in the meantime, if you're a newcomer to the show and you guys just uh, joined us for this episode because you liked the promotional material we made for it, you were like, wow, shiny colors, and you just showed up, welcome. Uh, and if you're looking at the queue list on uh, Apple Podcast or on Spotify and you're like, man, this is 101 episodes, fuck, how do I get started? Well, you could be like a true comic book fan and go back to issue number one and read them all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the true fans did, like I did when I was a kid. There was no, like, rebooting every fucking year. Spider-Man number one again. Why are you doing Spider-Man number one again? Did the story change? No, it's the same fucking story. I just have to change the number because the kids won't pick it up. Fuck you, guys. No, you don't have to do that. You can go to inloveoftheprocess.com. There I've curated episodes of the podcast based upon the subject material. So if you just want to listen to all uh, director episodes, they're all there. If you want to listen to episodes with the chefs that we do and the musicians the crew members they're all listed based on category or if you want a sampler we have like the top 20 i think it's going to become top 25 top 25 episodes which is a great uh sample plate of some of the best shows that we've done so far and if you're a newcomer and you haven't had a chance to go back and you're looking for content because we're all looking for stuff to listen to go listen to the earlier episodes of the show you can hear the progression of a show You can hear my emotional progression as you go through the whole thing um and there's a lot of really great episodes back then i can't believe we've been doing the show for over three years it's nuts it's nuts um but besides that without further ado let's not hold back strap yourselves in grab those noise canceling headphones and get ready to go on a psychedelic trip with me and mike diva on the brand new episode I'm in love with the process. Thanks for being on the show, my man.
2: Thanks for having me. Very Mike ex- and Mike, Mike and together.
0: Mike, <laughs> Mike squared. It's gonna, yeah. be, it's gonna be cool, man. Um, very excited to have you on the show. Been a big fan of your stuff for a long time. Uh, I think the first oh, thanks, thing, man. I think the first thing that really pulled me in was your pre-birth uh, short
2: that you did. Oh. <laughs> I fucking. Um, love that dude it's
0: a great piece
2: that that pissed a lot of people off <laughs> <laughs> i don't I got,
0: know i know I, I, I couldn't imagine why
2: <laughs> yeah i got i got death threats for that one really <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it uh i don't know if you knew this but like the q on people got really involved with that video and uh were very convinced that i was part of the um hollywood's tainting of the children <laughs> um and basically uh called me an omnivore a satanist omnivore or i'm sorry satanist pedivore um which means that i i, I eat babies nice, uh, nice. Ped- i didn't know pedivore was a thing that I, I googled it and i was like oh i guess i eat babies cool um and I, uh, yeah, I got a lot of shit for it on, like, all my stuff, uh, all my, like, comments on every single one of my videos calling me a monster and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm part of the Illuminati. And, and then, you know, usually I like to put Illuminati symbolism and stuff on my stuff just for fun. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, this is really, really funny to me and just, like, triangles and whatever. Um, but I think I took it a little, like, one step too far with that one because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a lot of shit and it actually, you know what? It wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: i i feel like you gotta get like what is it pedivore is that what the term is for? yes yeah it's like a fucking metal band you gotta get a jean jacket know. with
2: that on. The <laughs> <jacket>. <laughs> i would uh, check them out dude
0: so fucking cool I, um this is what i like about your work is your work is not only dangerous as far as like you pissing people off but it's also a lot of fun and i could tell that you've had uh your training as a musician, I could tell that you're an editor, you're on mm-hmm. your own, uh, your sense of pacing and your sense of sense of rhythm. Most of the time, that's, what's making me laugh first is that, <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, dude, I think you're incredibly talented uh, and I can't get, I can't wait to get into the chaos that must be inside Ooh. your brain. <laughs>
2: Oh, the madness! Uh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> no, it's actually there's not much going on up there. So it's a bunch of just, just junk rattling around. I don't know, but uh, I'm glad you're entertained by my shit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, brother.
0: Yeah, brother. Well, let's uh, let's catch the audience up. Um, How did you get into this business? How did you get started?
2: Oh boy. Um, yeah, man, I've just been. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I didn't really have like any video game consoles growing up. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, had to make my own entertainment and make a bunch of little videos and like, you know, me, this is like before everybody had editing stuff, you know, and so mm-hmm. like, I, I stole stuff off of LimeWire and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> made, made a bunch of videos and be like, <laughs> like cutting my brother's head off and stuff. And uh my parents were super supportive and cool with that and like oh that's so nice you made a video of shooting your brother in the face and like cutting <laughs> his head off. <laughs> and uh <clears throat> you know I was really into like visual effects stuff back then too and um blah 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 long story short I started a YouTube channel um in like 2009 or 8 mm-hmm. and uh, like right at the cusp of YouTube and um started uploading stuff there and I think the first thing that I did that got attention was this video called Sexy Sax Man, yep. which uh, ended up being a, a viral smash hit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, which is funny because it's like totally nothing, like totally the opposite of anything I'm doing now. Um, but, you know, it's me and my friend running around with a saxophone playing Careless Whisper. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, we <laughs> got on the Jimmy Fallon show for that and stuff like that. It was like a whole thing. Um and then just kept going from there and uh you know made Jesus a bunch of music videos and and commercials and whatnot uh I had like a second kind of boost on my youtube channel from doing this Japanese donald trump commercial uh four years ago, which is fantastic
0: uh, it's fantastic by the way
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you it's a it was very um it was before I thought that trump had like a a chance at winning, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So it was like really funny to me to like, excuse me, to like uh, make this overwhelmingly positive Trump thing because like he's such low hanging fruit and like all comedians and stuff at the time were just kind of, you know, like, oh, it's got crazy hair and orange skin and like, you know, like he's a clown. So it's like, it's, I wanted to do the opposite of that and, and kind of do something overwhelmingly positive. And Japanese, so that it confused people and, and, and made people think like, is this real? Um, so you're the reason
0: you're the reason why we had him in there for four years, is what you're yeah, saying. you saying. Yeah, you can
2: blame me for that. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I'm sorry, I fucked up. Uh, <laughs> that was a big mistake. <laughs> That's a video that I watch now, and I'm like, oof, this is this is creepy. This is not even fun anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like a strange like uh, uh, vision of the future. <laughs> yeah. The-
2: dark really yeah bleak yeah. um <clears throat> yeah and then I've, I've been doing um i got more into the commercial realm i, I did this uh halo top ice cream commercial with a <laughs> with a robot force feeding an old <laughs> senile lady uh ice cream in uh totalitarian future chamber and um that got some attention from the ad world and I've been doing little commercial work stuff here and there and uh, music video stuff here and there. And right now I'm trying to get uh, a couple of features off the ground. And and here we are. Dude,
0: you and I live in the same world, man. We I, Same sort of stuff for me too. So I completely yeah. understand completely Understand that world.
2: It's, it's, it's tricky.
0: Yeah. But um, the other thing that really sort of caught my attention too was the original, uh, the Kill the Noise video that you did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, back in like 2012. And uh, I was talking with one of my buddies here about it. And he was like, how the fuck were you doing the VFX stuff back then? Because like desktop computers were still trying to catch up with a lot of the rendering and everything else. Like, did you do all the effects on your own for that? No, no,
2: no. I had help. Uh, I had um, my buddy Kyle Nuttall in Canada helping uh, with a lot of the crazier shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, And a couple other yeah yeah you know people for like the stuff like the glowing eyes like i don't i didn't want to like hand track a bunch of glowing eyes right frame frame, right right uh which was some poor fucker had to do (laughs) and um and yeah you know so, so help here and there um for sure like i'm not a huge cg guy i'm more of a compositing guy so like anything with like 2d compositing i'm good but like when it gets into the cg realm i'm pretty clueless uh But yeah, so that was like a, geez, that video took, to answer your question, the way we were able to do it is that that video took like a fucking year.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we had very little money. Very, very little money for that thing. i are actually going to be on, (laughs) I'm talking with uh, Kill the Noise tomorrow on his little podcast thing.
0: Oh, cool, man. Rad. (laughs) um yeah like i you could see the progression too because then you you go from that video to the recent run the jewels video and it's like okay so this is like this is the years of experience this is the refined
2: version of that Uh, yeah i guess so yeah it it definitely i feel like it's definitely my most polished video so far and it's uh took a lot of work (laughs) it was a it was not easy. I could only imagine. Like, how many effects houses
0: did you have working on that? Was there a bunch of different people, or only
2: one one effects house, um, and then individual? Like, uh, I have this guy Ethan Chancer that I work with a lot that um, was like the lead VFX supervisor slash like uh, did a bunch of the shots. Um, and then I had this guy in uh, uh, France, Gotham K Seven, who helped me. Mm-hmm. We basically I, I created, like figured out the. Uh, sets and the scenes and blah, blah, blah. And like we had those storyboarded and then I, I brought them to this dude that I really love working with uh, Vincent Vitriot in uh, France. Mm-hmm. He goes by AftonKid7. Oh. And he um, he helped me put together the <clears throat> CG environments and stuff like that. And then that was handed off to my guy here, Ethan, who composited and uh, helped me with that end of stuff. And, uh, and then we had a VFX house uh, analog who ended up doing uh like half of the shots and we had these other guys in france that were doing the full cg shots um and uh these guys in germany that were doing the uh all the run the jewel stuff uh, my buddy calvin who I work, i've been working with since the uh the donald trump thing actually hmm. um yeah he just like a, a german kid who cold emailed me and uh i really liked his work and we've been working together ever ever since um the fucking power so yeah.
0: the power of the internet dude jesus christ like the yeah, collaborations <laughs> are crazy because of it
2: yeah so it was just like basically staying on slack 24 and, <laughs> 7 and giving notes and you know because like the second people in, in the u.s go to sleep and right. everyone else wakes up and it's just a never-ending slack cycle
0: yeah 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 that's that's crazy. stuff well now who was so was that video officially for run the jewels or was that video for the company that did the cyberpunk stuff who was your client on that one
2: Oh, like who's my direct client? Yeah. Uh, it was it was the company that did the Cyberpunk stuff, CD Projekt Red. Yeah, um, yeah. And so as you can imagine with IP that precious, uh, you know, it's a $400 million game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it, there was a lot of red tape and a lot of like, here's what you can do and here's what you can't do. And like, basically they gave me all the art books and all the different uh, elements and stuff from the game. And we're like, just we, we you know, it needs to be deconstructed. And it needs to be music video-y in a sense that, like, it can't be misconstrued as this is something from the game. But we have to use elements from the game, uh, recontextualize into new art uh, that is inspired by the game. And everything has to be, you know, all the CG and everything has to be models from the game. But it can't look like it's in the game. So (laughs) it was like this very uh, weird thin line that I had to, you know, there was, like, three iterations of the video. Like, the first iteration, it was, like, I wanted to do, like, an action, like, story thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, have an actual, like, beginning, middle, and end. But it would have been, it would have been fucking impossible. Um, And then, you know, COVID hit, right, when we started uh, prepping up to shoot. And so we had to, we ended up having to go to Atlanta to shoot the Run the Jewels guys, and uh, that took a big chunk out of our budget. And, um, and yeah, you know, it's... Ultimately, though, like, I'm really stoked with how much freedom CD Projekt Red actually ended up giving me to kind of just make original cyberpunk art and, like, you know, using their elements. And they sent us so much shit from the game. Like, we I literally just, like, had a field day with, like, going through their art books and, like, ooh, I want this. I want this <laughs> outfit. I want this gun. I want this car. And, like, you know, the poor guys in Warsaw, where, they, uh, where they're located, had to, like, Spent days just giving us assets from the game.
0: <laughs> it's cool though, man. How long was the prep on
2: that for <clears throat> you? Um, beginning to end, it was probably like geez, uh from when we got the job to when it was over, it was like nine months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and as you can imagine, like COVID slowed things down quite a bit. Sure. Yeah, of course. And made it a little bit tricky.
0: Yeah. I bet, man. <clears throat> yeah. I was fascinated by it because the the video itself is incredibly polished, so it's like definitely high high end. And so you're looking at something like this, and you're like, "Wow!" I mean, the resource it makes sense that you're getting a lot of those resources from the game company, but still, it was like this is this is a much bigger budgeted. It seems like a much bigger budgeted video that you would ever get for like an artist at this point. So I was like, "Oh okay. yeah, no, for sure."
2: Yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely had that that game uh, backing. Yeah, yeah, backing. Yeah, although. It wasn't that much more than I got for like my little Nas video. Okay. Um, okay. So like it just depends. I mean I, I don't know. It's it's yeah budgets budgets vary. Uh, music videos I have found and and it's um <laughs> yeah. usually lo- usually not much, but uh, sometimes you get lucky and I've gotten lucky with these past couple videos. Um, Very cool. I mean, yeah, we really just like after the little Nas cyberpunk video, we we literally just like approached them, and we were like, "What's up?" You guys are doing a cyberpunk game? Uh, we just did a cyberpunk video. do You guys want to fuck? Yeah. And then we did. It was great. Really cool, man. Really cool. <laughs> I, I Obviously, you
0: and I probably have a lot of the same love for references and older movies, and you know, like uh, synthwave and all that shit. I love synthwave. Oh yeah. Um. But uh, what uh, what are some of your favorite movies from when you were a kid? What were the movies that influenced you?
2: When I was a kid, yeah, oh boy, uh, Fight Club, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fight Club, Pulp Fiction, you know, I mean, standard. This is like I feel like I'm given like the most like bro ass <laughs> filmmaker basic bitch. Totally judging you, comedy.
0: totally, totally judging yeah. you right now. Yeah,
2: like, but you know, like when I was like twelve, like. Fight Club was the shit, you know, <laughs> or 13 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, the matrix and Terminator two and back to the future. And uh, you know, I'd, I'd watch back to the future all the time. Terminator two, I've seen like at least like 200 times. And of course that movie <laughs> movie's
0: amazing. Of course. Even, uh, even the first Terminator is just phenomenal and yeah. the, the whole future uh, flashback sequences and the Linda Hamilton grabbing onto the fence while a fucking nuclear blast like (laughs) shreds the skin off her like i love that sequence
2: oh my god yeah that stuck with me
0: recently i heard an interview i think it was with uh, james cameron where he was saying that a lot of the robotics companies or the ai companies have referenced his movie often and they reference i think they called it like the cyberdyne uh, effect or something like that oh really yeah an well, the- actual
2: cyberdyne effect that's so funny <laughs>
0: yeah, there's an interview i'm I'm misquoting it but there's an interview kicking around somewhere with him where he was laughing and he's just like yeah and they know it and i predicted it and they're still making the shit <laughs> he's still completely huh. he's uh, absolutely afraid of of ai you
2: can uh, yeah you as well you should be uh <laughs> i think that one of my my favorite movies as of late is ex machina mm-hmm. uh fucking love that movie mm-hmm. and uh, you know i love any movie that can do a lot with one location and three people yeah and it's kind of mind-blowing yeah so that's definitely i mean a lot of the kind of points they make in that movie i, I fully agree on like, yeah, it's it's i feel like ai is is gonna be a spooky <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah. that kind of ends up fucking us but honestly i'm here for it and we probably deserve it so ah. Let our robot overlords come. And I know, welcome them. I know, Gina, my girlfriend, got a Roomba, and I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> it's
0: it's mapping <laughs> out our whole it fucking our house. house. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's gonna have little razor blades that come out and fucking cut my ankles. Like, what are you doing?
2: A can opener to our house. I love how um, in all like movies with robots, there's like derogatory robot terms, <laughs> and it's usually just like calling a robot some lower form of technology like a can opener or a trash can or (laughs) this fucking toaster yeah this
0: fucking toaster oven (laughs) (laughs)
2: this is like the n-word for robots (laughs) (laughs) ah fuck man
0: uh well all right so let's get to some of the meat here because i i know our fans are going to want to know uh so how'd you guys come up with sexy sax man like where did that come from
2: oh boy um I think that I, uh, well, my friend Sergio played saxophone mm-hmm. and uh, sexy guy and uh, <laughs> he ended up just like, I mean, he would just always be running around playing saxophone anyways. So we thought like, let's just throw a mullet and a mustache and sunglasses and leather pants on him and just do it all over. that's it I mean, <laughs> the rest is history i guess
0: yeah you must have gotten some shit though because you guys you guys stay with it <laughs> when you start to get into trouble
2: yeah i was a little rapscallion back then yeah i uh was a little smart ass you can hear me behind the camera just <laughs> just being a little shit to all these sec- poor security guards that are just doing their jobs and uh
0: <laughs> it's it's funny because it's like right before the general public sort of kind of figured out what that shit is because after oh
2: yeah the prank stuff yeah, yeah it was exactly. right before the whole YouTube prank like phenomenon
0: yeah yeah so they were still kind of like. Is this guy fucking like, is he a mental idiot? Like, what the fuck's going on here? They had no
2: idea that
0: if if someone without a shirt and a saxophone comes in and there's a kid following around with a camera, it's probably going on YouTube.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually have a really funny sexy sax man story. I oh, yeah? If, uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> well, I'll i try to like truncate it. But basically the night that I went to New York. Okay, okay. okay. If, you will, if you don't mind me doing a little story time here. Uh, well,
0: hold on. It, Before you start, yeah. is this the story time that you referenced under that image of you and Jimmy Fallon that you're talking about?
2: Oh wow, yeah, it is. How did oh. wow? That is a deep cut. Okay,
0: because I was going to ask you about this. So go as deep as you want into this, because I want to hear the details <laughs> of the story.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, long story short, I, I'd been I'd been to New York um, four years prior and uh, shooting a music video, and uh, I was hanging out with this rapper, drinking a 40 on the street, and I got rolled on, and I got a <laughs> ticket. And me being young and dumb, I was like, oh, pff, whatever, I'll just ignore it. I'm never going to be in New York again. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, we get flown out to do the Jimmy Fallon thing. And uh, that night I'm drinking on the streets uh, uh, with my brother who lived in New York at the time and Sergio.
1: Mm-hmm. And I had
2: this flask in my back pocket. Cop pulls up. He's like, hey, I'm going to have to give you a, a drinking in public ticket. I'm like okay, that's fine. And he like goes back to his car and comes back and he's like, "Actually, you have a warrant out for your arrest. I'm gonna have to take you to jail." <laughs> and so I didn't know this, but like when you go to jail on a on a on a Saturday or yeah, on a Saturday, you're there till Monday. Oh Jesus! Uh, you know, because the court's open on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got thrown into jail. I was there for like four hours, and then uh, this guy comes around. He's asking everybody like, "Why they're there." And uh, he asked me why I'm in New York. And I tell him, oh, Jimmy Fallon show. <laughs> and and uh, he's, he perks up. He's like, oh, really? For what? And then he turns out this guard dude was like an aspiring videographer, too. <laughs> and he, um, him and I just end up like bullshitting for like literally 20 minutes between the bars. And he is like, you know what? You seem all right. I'm going to see what I can do to get you uh, get you out of here. Because, sorry, I left this part out. I had a, a flight my flight home was the next day at like <laughs> noon. And so he like brings this other dude in, by the way, this story totally sounds made up and I, it's, it's like insane. This is truly the craziest weekend of my life. Um, so he brings this other dude in and he's like, he lies to him. He's like, Hey, uh, this is my boy. We do video stuff together. Is there anything you can do? He's got a flight in the morning. Uh, he's got to get out of here. Is there anything we can do? And so that these, they leave and then, I get pulled out of that jail cell and then driven to another jail, dropped into that jail cell for like an hour and Mm -hmm. then taken out into this weird, like one percenter, like courtroom that like is a weekend thing. I I imagine only for like rich and powerful people because it was like super fancy and nice. And there was barely anybody there. And apparently (laughs) they got all my charges waived and I got to get out of there. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like, made it out of that predicament and I took a taxi to uh, JFK I was still going to be like an hour late for my flight so I was still like fucked yeah. and um, I get there and it turns out that the flight is delayed and Sergio is waiting for me there at the airport and it's like <laughs> totally fine so we're like okay cool I'm dodging all these bullets let's go on the plane and um, <laughs> and Sergio goes this is our only opportunity that we're ever going to get to do sexy sax man like on a plane <laughs> And I'm like, fuck, you're right. This is it. Like, we have to do this. And I would just gotten out of jail three hours ago. I was like, fuck it. I'm on a roll, baby. Let's go. And um, he goes into the uh, dressing room and he puts on his mullet and his mustache and his tight leather pants. And like, I'm sorry, not dressing room, the uh, the bathroom. (laughs) He goes in the bathroom and uh, busts out of the airplane bathroom, just like wailing, careless whisper up and down the aisles and the plane like fucking loved it. Like they, they went nuts for it. Right. And so he sits back down next to me and um, the uh, somebody comes up to us and he's like, Hey, you guys are in big trouble. Like we need you to give us the card, the memory card that you filmed that with. Um, And when we land, you guys need to stay put. And if we weren't, they they even said like, if we weren't so close to our destination, we would land this plane right now. Wow. Wow. Damn so um basically we are we went land the plane lands we get out and we're surrounded by like i swear to god like every <laughs> like every kind of officer you can ever imagine like every authority figure you can ever picture like there was like i swear to god there was like two military dudes like two tsa agents <laughs> like two um federal air marshals and like two like regular cops and like my mom was there and my teacher from grade school. No, <laughs> no, just, just all, all the authority <laughs> figures. Um, uh-huh. And uh, and they were all surrounding us, telling us how screwed we were, and basically told me that um, I'd have two felonies, uh, one for, and I shit you not, this will stick with me forever, one for uh, causing a potential terrorist distraction. <laughs> Post nine eleven, you wow. know, it's in the ground. And two, the second felony for exposing the identity of a federal air marshal. <laughs> because apparently the guy who walked up to us and told us how screwed we were uh, was a federal air marshal. And I guess that having him get up and expose himself alone is a felony. What <laughs> the fuck? What the fuck? Insane. Yeah, so... No fun. So uh, can
0: you can you still fly?
2: <laughs> well... So here's the thing like i we were shitting bricks and we were like oh we're just a couple kids making a youtube video we don't know any better and uh i shit you not one of the fbi dudes like Tack fest and everything is like are you those kids that made that video on youtube <laughs> with the guy running around with the saxophone and we we're like yes that's us that's us and he was like all right these guys are cool it's fine and they literally just like let us off with a slap on the wrist and we were all laughing about it and it was all fine wow it was insane and they i mean they said that we would never be able to release that footage and um you know i got it taken from me anyway, so it's fine but um yeah it's, uh you know i got a good story out of it that was a crazy weekend That was a crazy two days jesus dude <laughs> <laughs> I definitely am a lot less of a wild boy now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh man. It,
2: no re- name. it reminds me like years ago, I
0: don't know if I've talked about it on the show. Years ago we had a similar experience where we were doing a music video for this band As I Lay Dying. And so Oh yeah. We, yeah, we were hired to go out and shoot this video. This was like before the lead singer was put in jail for trying to kill his wife. So this was like right before mm. that. Uh, and, uh, they flew us out and we, uh, were shooting in San Diego, I think. And we had this whole video concept at the time where we were just going to do helmet cam before they had GoPros. And we had this big, stupid helmet cam rig. And it was going to be from the perspective of one of the band members as they were all kidnapped by these like... Uh, rebels like mercenary rebels and taken out to the middle of the desert and shot to death because at the time we had done so many music videos that i was getting tired of the musicians and so i was just writing uh-huh. treatments where the musicians would get murdered now those are my treatments huh. i was like i just want to fucking murder you in the desert and so uh we ended up going out we, sh- we we um uh we permitted this one specific part of the desert and we had a, a guide sort of take us out there and we had a team of like uh mercenaries all dressed with ski masks we had our our boys in the back of a van and then we had real firing because we were i still believe in it we wanted to do real firing weapons so we had like very heavy front loaded heavy charge uh uzis and and guns oh
2: wow yeah yeah
0: and so we end up driving out to the desert doing the sequence and the shot essentially is at the time my business partner is wearing the camera so i'm off over a dune somewhere with a wireless feed, just sort of directing and watching this thing. So I'm essentially watching it happen. And we did a whole take where these guys get pulled out of the back of the van. A car pulls up and these uh, dudes with flashlights and their guns come and pull them out. And they sort of round them up before they, they kill them. And we did one take and I go, oh, it's pretty good. Let's do another one. And so I'm watching it. I'm watching it on camera. And uh, the door opens and you see our truck roll over a dune. And these guys get out and they pull out the band members and then there's a second truck that rolls over the dude oh. and then the doors of the second truck open and this fucking fully outfitted ranger comes out and he's got like <laughs> night goggles on ak-47 ah. and he comes like running out and he's he thinks that there's a, a group because there's no crew he thinks that there's a group that have kidnapped. a bunch of people and they have front firing uzis and so he's got guns drawn on everybody and everybody shits bricks and i'm over the dune laughing hysterically because i hear my business partner at the time just like screaming like don't shoot us don't shoot us and so the guy comes over and he's like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) and we're like we're doing a music video we're doing a music video we're doing this thing he goes and we're like we have it permitted he goes let me see your permit we hand him the permit he goes this isn't the right fucking spot you guys are like 20 miles off or whatever the fuck and we're like, God damn it. And he's like, we're shutting you down. Everything's going to get shut down. And we're like, fuck. And we're walking with this guy. And, I, and he's like, how long have you been doing music videos? And I'm like, oh, you know, this is, we've been doing it for a while. This is for this band, As I like Dying. They're like a pretty big metal act. Do you listen to metal? He goes, no, I don't listen to metal. And we're like, okay. And he goes, but huh. I, I, I love hip hop. And I was like, yeah. And I go, well, who's your favorite band for hip hop? And he goes, oh, uh, 7L Esoteric, Zarface. And this is a a group from Boston where I used to live that we've done all their videos for randomly. And we're like, really? It was, and what it, are they call? It was uh, Zarface. So it's like the group, the the members from 7L Esoteric teaming up with Inspector Deck from Wu Tang and doing like this really great collab. Um, I just recently did a video with them and Tom Segura, which was good. But anyway, this guy in the fucking middle of the desert knew who this band was. And he was just wow. like, I fucking love those guys. And we go, really? and He goes, yeah. And he, we go, can we still, can we still shoot? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll stay here. <laughs> and we didn't tell him that the Uzis were head front firing blanks in them. He goes, yeah. And so we're like, all right, cool. Let's do another take. And there's just shooting with flames coming out of the front of these fucking Uzis. And the guy's screaming at us like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, uh, no, we get a lot. We get away with a lot <laughs> for, for the business that we're in. Totally get away with a lot,
1: dude. Thank you.
0: Okay, guys and girls, you know the deal. It is time to give a thanks to the men and women that helped make the show possible. And I am not talking about you, the listener, even though a lot of you guys have been killing it lately. I've noticed when you repost the graphics, there have been quite a few of you that have won free t-shirts for reposting our graphics. It's one of the best ways to get my attention, by the way. If you repost any of my promotional graphics for the episode and tag Mike Petchy in it, or tag and level the process pod in it. You're gonna get my attention, and uh, there's a handful of listeners that have won free t-shirts for doing it. So if you look at any of the merch that I end up posting, if you want to see one of the films, one of the best ways to get our attention is to repost our graphics. Whenever we do a release on Tuesdays, repost immediately. We keep track of all this stuff. That's how we have. Amassed our super fans. And what do I mean by super fans? I mean the listeners that are consistently supporting the show and sending new listeners, setting their friends to listen to the show. You can ask them. We know who they are, we reward you for this sort of thing. So, but anyways, I'm talking too much about you guys. You guys get way too much of my attention. Right now, it is time to give thanks to the sponsors of the show. Now, before you skip forward. I wouldn't do so because more often than not, in this section, I'm giving little tips on how I use gear. I'm giving little tips on the stuff I like, so be smart about it, right? And while you're listening to this stuff, please click the links below the show. All these links are traceable links, and what that means is our sponsors know when you go there and you're sent there by us, okay? Which means that they'll continue to sponsor the show. Now, I know you're like, Mike. We know. You're making an ass load of money off your sponsorships. We love that. (laughs) I wish that was the case. I wish that was the case. Any money that we make on this show, whether it's through merch, whether it's through sponsors, is to help pay for the cost that the show needs to stay up. You'd be surprised how much it costs to do like hosting for the show. You'd be surprised how much it costs for any of this stuff. It's crazy. So these people help me keep from reaching into my rent account. (laughs) to give you free content, all right? So, let's, let's start from the beginning here. And here's the great news. We have a brand new sponsor. And if you're listening to this right now, you may notice that I sound just a little bit different. That's because I'm speaking into a brand new microphone right now. How cool is that? And I know a lot of you guys listening have your own podcast. There's a lot of other podcast content creators that are fans of this show. And you guys might find this fascinating. Right now, I am talking with Electro Voice. So if you go to ElectroVoice.com, these guys have made speakers in the past. Right now, they're putting out a brand new microphone, right? So it's the RE20 Variable D Dynamic Cardioid Microphone. That's what I'm talking into right now. It's pretty awesome, right? It's got a pretty good little bass line in the background. My voice sounds really good on it. Really hasn't been affected This is what the microphone sounds like it's Pretty cool these, uh, these guys reached out to me a couple weeks ago And they asked, hey Can we send you over a microphone And uh, maybe you could talk about it, try it out, see what you think What do you guys think? Right? I think the voice sounds pretty awesome with it When I'm moving around the microphone a bit It's nice It's really nice It's very professional, it looks like the type of microphone that would be hanging in Howard Stern's studio I buy that I like the way I sound on it. It's pretty cool. Well, let me read through some stuff here with it. So like I said, this is from uh, Electro Voice. So if you go to electrovoice.com, you can check it out. This is the RE20 microphone. Key features on this microphone. Uh, Not only is it used for broadcast show hosts like myself, but it's also ideal for instrument recording, uh, especially kick drums and acoustic guitars. So if you guys are musicians out there, you may want to look into this. uh, Studio condenser response. Uh, yet no powering required, which is pretty cool. Uh, large, what does this say? Large acoustic alloy diaphragm. Man, I'm a moron. Low mass aluminum voice coil. Voice coil. Jesus, Michael, get your shit together. Dual ported, continuously variable D with minimum proximity effect. All this stuff is really nerdy, but uh, it goes into making my voice sound this good. I'm into it. Uh, steel case with hum... Um, buckling coil provide exceptional magnetic shielding. That's cool. That's cool. <clears throat> Look, I don't know much about all the tech stuff on, on uh, microphones. I'll be 100% honest about it. I made a decision early in my career, even though I love sound and I love sound design, I got hyper-focused on visuals, so I kind of re- rely on my sound team uh, to tell me what gear is really great, but I know what I hear. I know what stuff sounds like, and my voice sounds really good on this. Um, so I would definitely check it out These guys are really great I'm doing a terrible job reading through the tech specs, So head on over to electrovoice.com And check out the RE20 Variable D dynamic cardioid microphone I think it's pretty rad And these guys seem pretty cool When I chatted with them So, uh, maybe I can convince them to stick around longer As a, uh, supporter of the show Maybe you'll hear my voice through this microphone longer And let me know what you guys think Send me a message. Do you like the way my voice sounds here as opposed to the way my voice sounds during the interview? Because I'm just using this microphone for the ad read because I want to see the difference. Uh, And I'll let you guys decide at home. Decide what you think. Which microphone's better? All right. Also, supporting the show, as always, are our good friends over at Puget Systems. It's the holiday time, man. It's Christmas season's here. And I know a lot of you guys still get... Big fat Christmas checks from your parents. I know a lot of you guys are getting nerdy about the new cyberpunk video game. By the way, what do you guys think? Because I know there's a lot of you that play video games that listen to the show. What do you guys think of the new cyberpunk game? I have been jonesing on this because I haven't brought myself to buy it yet. Because there's... look, they check off all the right boxes for me, right? so cyberpunk huge fan of cyberpunk uh it literally looks like a neuromancer but it's is like grand theft auto neuromancer that's basically what the game looks like to me the, the design's really cool the promotions are really cool the advertising's really cool um i mean we talk about uh that on this episode like mike diva did the run the jewels bit for it i don't know man i haven't been able to bring myself to buy it yet I'm Mostly because I know that I'm deep in prep on a film uh, And in that prep Like if I'm taking away from that prep time because I'm lost in a video game It's kind of shitty So, But anyway, if you are trying to play that game right now And you realize that your system isn't beefy enough Because I've seen the specs for that game I've seen what the specs need to be And you're like, I gotta buy a new system I gotta buy a new PC um, I just don't know how to build one. I don't know how to, I don't know where to start. Um, do yourself a favor. Do what I did. Because I did the same thing for a video editing system. I knew that Mac wasn't doing what I needed anymore. They weren't supporting me. And it was costing me a fucking fortune to stay with those guys. And so I wanted to build myself a PC. But I was also running a post-production company at that point, And I didn't want to be tech support for the entire production company. So I hunted hard. I looked high and low, and I was going through a bunch of these PC builders, and a lot of them are just hyper focused on video games. I wanted uh, a company that had fantastic tech support, like actual human beings that you can get on the phone and talk to. Um, but then I also wanted a smaller company that actually gave a shit, right? And since I'm building a video edit system, it didn't <laughs> I didn't necessarily need, the low rider from fast and furious with the fucking ground effects and and led lights within the unit i just wanted a beast i wanted a machine i wanted to be able to put all my money into the horsepower i want to put all my money into the processing speed i want to put all my money into the storage space and and, uh so i found this company called puget systems so go check them out it's pugetsystems.com there they build custom machines based upon the software you use, I bet you those guys can build a mean video game system, by the way. Um, And they're incredibly affordable. They understand budget, they understand how to spend that money, they've uh, benchmark tested all the different hardware products out there, so they put it to the test. And the big thing is, is with all these software platforms like Adobe, There's continuous releases, right? Those updates that come out and suddenly the hardware you have is rendered fucking useless. It drives me nuts. Um, These guys actually work hand in hand with the software providers. They try to figure out what hardware is gonna last the longest. They try to figure out what hardware works the best. So if you're trying to get a modern machine, right? You want a brand new machine that can run real-time 4K sequences. You want your rendering to be faster. My new machine, renders out video 4k video at this ridiculous speed you know my old machine would run it out real time right so if I had a 15 minute piece it would take like 15 minutes to run the thing out this thing runs out like 3x is fast I sit here and I go fuck that's like a two minute render that's like a one minute render fuck that's fast so my new machine from Puget's is pretty awesome and so if you guys are looking to build a brand new computer like I said if you're video gaming and you want to get deep into it um definitely go check out PugetSystems.com. and the cool thing about these guys is that they, they do not manufacture hardware so they're not going to be peddling off their shit on you yeah. these guys know the deals out there they surf the internet now if you're not from the u.s a big the big issue that i've heard from a lot of the fans are like look we love puget but they don't ship internationally They also have a consultation program that they've set up there, so you can, I think it's like 500 bucks, you can talk to Puget and they will give you the specs, they will help you build your own Puget system remotely, so you can actually go through the process of getting all their advice on the hardware to build your own system, if you're not within their shipping lanes, which I think they ship anywhere in the US, I think they just don't ship internationally. So, definitely go check them out. PugetSystems.com Also supporting the show, as always, are our good friends over at Quasar Science. One of the best advancements in our industry has been lighting. I know you guys have noticed this. Um, But one of the negative parts (laughs) of lighting, I was just talking to Gene about this the other day, is that every music video director these days likes to put Quasar tubes in the videos. They love it. You know, so it's always in the background. It's like, wow, this is really fucking cyberpunk, dude. And it's got fucking Quasar tubes changing colors. If you like that shit, if you want to be recreating that look, check out Quasar. (laughs) Because that's where they're getting those tubes to do that. But they're also incredibly useful if you use them the real way, right? If you're using like a Quasar as uh, maybe you've got like two or three tubes chained together and you're using those as a nice soft source. Because what you can... Definitely count on when it comes to Quasar LEDs is when they're balanced, right? So if you're looking for um, balanced uh, daylight or balanced uh, tungsten, these units are 100% on point. I hate it when I get really schlocky LED lights and then you're in the edit and you're looking and you're like, does this shot look more fucking green than the last shot? Why is this pink? That's supposed to be tungsten. And then what you end up having to do is color grade that stuff out. And I always notice that when I'm trying to color grade out uh, shifting color tones from LED units, it really starts to fuck with the look of the whole piece. So now you have to go through the shots that are correctly balanced and make them look shittier to match the stuff that uh, just wasn't balanced right. I know I'm doing a bad job explaining that for those of you who don't do lighting, but those that do, you understand what I'm talking about. Save yourself the time and energy. In the color grade and get yourself Properly balanced LED units And Quasar Hunts hard for Really well made LED Parts for their stuff So if you go on eBay and you find that Fucking light from fucking China And it's super cheap there's a reason for it Save yourself the time Save yourself the the heartache and the frustration And buy yourself Some quality LED units And Quasar Science Is the best place to go for that so like i said go to quasarscience.com also if you guys want to support the show right during our holiday boom when you get that um christmas check or you got that hanukkah cash from your family and you want to support the show the easiest way to do so is to sign up for a free trial at audible.com we'll have a link below the episode but i think it's audibletrial.com backslash in love with the process You click on that, you'll get 30 days for free. You'll also get a free audio book, I think is what they call it. Free audio book there, which I am reading one or listening to one right now. I'm actually listening to this sequel to Ready Player One. And I know some of you guys are like, what? There's a fucking sequel book? Yeah, I know. It seems to have flown under the radar and no one's really talking about it, but there is a book out right now, Ready Player Two, the sequel written by the same guy, same characters. It picks right up after the end of Ready Player One, and I'm enjoying it. It's really great. I've been listening to it before I go to bed at night, um, and I think I've still got like 10 hours left on this book, so I'm hooked. I think it's really fucking cool. I really, really, really loved Ready Player One. This one's got a little bit slower vibe getting into it, but once you start to get into it, man, it's really fucking good. I think he's such a great fucking writer. Um, and so, it's great, dude. Go check it out. It's on Audible, and if you do that, sign up for the Audible free trial, right? And then we get paid. After 30 days, you're going to want to stick around longer because you're going to be like, man, this this book I want to read. There's all sorts of really great Free content on Audible, by the way. There's a whole series, there's a whole alien series, that's like a podcast series on Audible as well that you'll get access to when you sign up for the free trial. So you're gonna get hooked. I know a lot of you guys listen to stuff. You're listening to this podcast. Check it out if you haven't done so already. Sign up for the Audible free trial. The link is below the episode, um, and uh, we'll get a bit. We'll get paid for everybody that gets sent. From us, we get paid. It's the best way to give money to the show without reaching into your own pocket. Um, so, yeah. What do you think? How's the voice sounded through this? I want to do a big shout-out again. I want to thank the people over at electrovoice.com for sending over this microphone. Like I said, it's the RE20 Variable D Dynamic Cardioid Microphone. Check it out. My voice sounds pretty fucking sexy on
1: it. I think.
0: Anyway, that's enough on the ad read. Let's get back to the show. Oh, yeah, the other thing that I was uh, kind of chuckling at. How did you get the LA Transit Authority gig? <laughs> what a strange cl- what a strange client for you.
2: Yeah, that was a strange client. I don't know. Like we um I think somebody there might, must have seen the Donald Trump thing and for some fucking reason was like, oh, this would work for a set of government PSAs. <laughs> uh, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I um, those, those were just like honestly an excuse for me to make uh, hyper pop music with my brother. Um, so like writing all the music and, and getting to do little music videos was really fun for me. Uh, I was so gonna that ask was, that I yeah.
0: was, so you, you write a lot of this music for these things right?
2: yeah yeah so like even like for stuff like pre-birth and stuff like I I um I come from like a, a music background so I, I like to uh, you know have as much control over that as possible and my brother is a, a amazing like pop producer and, and actually not just pop but all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I actually just did a music video for his band that it just dropped last week um, and uh yeah so like we got a chance to do all these like little i convinced them to let me do like three music videos um that all kind of had the they're all PSAs, so they're all about like safety on the fucking public transportation <laughs> mm-hmm. uh which is really fun And then, and then they asked for like three more and uh let me tell you like writing more than 3 songs about public transportation it's really hard you run out of <laughs> you run out of stuff that rhymes with train and uh <laughs> but it was fun man it was a blast
0: that's awesome man yeah it was it was funny cuz i was just going to your work for the show and i was like how the fuck does the math add up to that that's a weird that's dude a weird i've done gig.
2: several it's fucking weird man i did like i did one last year actually that was also uh government <laughs> psa for not smoking weed and driving uh, and it was uh starring an anthropomorphic cheetah um, yeah and uh i don't I don't know why they why the, why the government trusts me with these things uh, <laughs> but yeah, the only benefit is you can kind of like you you get to legitimately say it's good enough for government work in a in a real way.
0: <laughs> well, I think there's a lesson to be learned here that most government officials are watching your work at this point. Yes. Yeah. yes,
2: That is the main takeaway is that the government has their eyes on me at all times.
0: <laughs> so what's your writing process like for these projects? Are you just like, are you fucking tripping on acid when you come up with a lot of these ideas? <laughs> like what's your, what's your process?
2: Mm. Um, a lot of banging my head against the wall and like comparing like the idea to everything else that's ever existed and like you know like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm trying to like make sure that like you know how it is it's like the struggle of like well i want this to not be um you know anything like whatever the million other videos like this there are and like you know what 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 makes this different and like what what can make this stand out what will grab people's attention and you know so it's it's a process uh involving a lot of pacing around and um getting really frustrated at myself and my fucking stupid brain and then um yeah it's uh with like (laughs) it's funny like some some stuff like the uh i don't know if you saw the halo top commercial with the robot yeah yeah um but that one was like really tricky because like they, they literally just gave me a budget and said like do something that grabs the internet's attention I was like, okay, well, how do you do that with ice cream? Well, make it fucking weird. Yeah. A little bit creepy. Yeah, yeah. And there's already a creepy, weird ice cream commercial out there for this uh, Baby Bell's ice cream. I don't know if you remember that, but it's like a girl that's all covered in ice cream eating the top of her head. Oh, Um, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, well, fuck. Like, how do I beat that? (laughs) (laughs) I guess. uh, And then then, uh, my producer, Josh, and my DP, Aaron, Came over to my house with like a a bunch of four locos, and we we drank a shitload of four locos, and and then the idea just popped in my head. <laughs> so sometimes four locos help, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. That's what I was imagining your writing room to be. Four yeah. locos sitting four around. Four locos on deck. Yeah. yeah,
0: staring at each other, just drinking.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Um, but yeah man writing is like like coming up with ideas is like my least favorite thing
0: <laughs> yeah it could be month. it could be kind of a cunt can it like it's like it really can yeah and and, and then especially if you're doing stuff for a client like that, where they're like, just get the attention of the internet, and you, and then you start losing yourself in the whole. Oh yeah,
2: right, right, right. Because you have no sound box to play in. Yeah,
0: right. And then you're just looking around, going like, "What the fuck?" There's no rhyme or reason to it. Like everybody's jacking off to this dog that's jacking off on the internet, and like, I, I you don't <laughs> Love want me to- that video by the way, my favorite viral video. <laughs> you know, uh, you dog
2: don't jerks off. <laughs> uh- <laughs> You were really blowing up last week, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's like you don't want me to make that video. Like, what the fuck? Right. You, you know, like how does, and and in a world where the attention span is so fucking so narrow, but also so broad, it like you can't it's incredibly frustrating to sort of chase trends and understand trends and try to figure that shit out.
2: Oh God. It gets harder every week, you know?
0: Yeah, man. And, and, and there's, that's the business, at least for the advertising world. That's the business where it's like, you know, how do we get people, how do we, how do we get eyes on this fucking warehouse full of shit that I got to sell, you know? And you're like, God damn it. All right. Um, (laughs) But you know, at the same token, there's a lot of freedom that comes with uh, the internet. And there's a lot of freedom that comes with the, i mean maybe there's a bit more control that's now happening but prior to that at least in the early days when you were jumping on youtube early on it was the wild fucking west at that point
2: oh yeah no i lucked out for sure i lucked out because i got in on youtube when people were still making creative good content on youtube yeah uh and that's not anything about people but it's more just about YouTube's, uh, YouTube's soul crushing algorithms that make it impossible oh, to be creative, Yeah, uh, because they require you upload a multiple 10 minute videos a week, mm-hmm. at least 10 minutes, at least two videos a week in order for your subscribers to even see what you do because YouTube loves to punish people for not uploading frequently enough. And so, um, you know, they, they hide videos that you know, if you haven't released a video in a month and you drop one, it's YouTube doesn't give a shit. Um, So it's very brutal, shitty environment for creativity now. Uh, And the only videos that can succeed are people talking to camera and people playing video games. So it sucks. Yeah. I I got in right at the time when people were still, uh, you know, championing creativity and, you know, making cool shit.
0: Yeah, because it's fucking wild. I mean, it, dude, it's the it's the history of it, though, right? Once the once the corporations get involved and everything becomes yeah. like pasteurized and everything, so now with uh, even now I'm going to say it, even now with streaming services and shit, like these algorithms have just essentially created like the most mindless, brainless, you know, sitting in front of a fucking television and just feed me fucking cheeseburgers uh, reality that we're in, and you're just like, man, how do, this was originally a place where we as filmmakers and young filmmakers is dudes that don't have a lot of money and have a, a broad sense of imagination could reach people and to actually get out there and reach folks. And like you said, it's, I don't know how many fucking times you got to deal with someone doing an unboxing video or fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and the culture of folks like the Twitch culture, I, I was on Twitch the other day and just sort of going through and I'm like, these motherfuckers are just watching a guy play video games. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But you
2: can't, I mean, but we sound old and out of touch when we talk about it.
0: I know, I know. And that's the <laughs> fucking problem. But, but then, you know, you hit this point where, um, I think that it's going to come back around again because I think people are just getting lethargic where you just, and especially since COVID, we've just been sitting in our place, stewing and marinating in like old content, you know what I mean? And so, yeah i think it's going to come back around again hopefully
2: it doesn't feel like it but sometimes but i hope so yeah i hope so for the sake of like the gen z and and beyond uh because i want to uh, see more shit you know everyone's just like absorbing content and then nobody's like getting inspired to make it
0: yeah totally totally I don't know. We can get on an old man on the fucking porch rant about this shit. Um, yeah, I know,
2: right? Yeah. It's totally get off my lawn type. Of yeah, thing. These fucking kids. <laughs> uh, but I've been there from the, you know, I've been there from the beginning. These um, kids wouldn't understand where I've been. I walked uh, uphill
0: both ways to and from right,
2: school. Airfield. Yeah. Yeah. In the snow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but still, you've had that experience. You still understand that at the end of the day, that's my dad used to say this when I was a kid and I used to watch MTV and shit. And my dad was the old guy and he was like, fucking MTV is going to kill your shit. And it's like, it wasn't until I got older that I was like, well, he was kind of right about a lot of that shit. And the editing that, that came out of MTV and music videos really didn't change the industry in a positive way for a bunch of that stuff. And, and you don't understand it when you're in it, especially as a kid, because you're right. like this is so flashy. This is so fresh. This is so new. And it's, it's, it's literally there's fucking rooms full of old white guys sitting around trying to figure out how to cram this shit into your face and have you smiling as it gets put in there. And so you're the victim of that, where you're just like, wow, this is built for me. And you're like, yeah, of course it is. It was like fucking designed to be fed to you. Um, yeah, I
2: mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's with, with TikTok culture and stuff like that, it's even scarier. And uh, I definitely feel myself getting a little like your dad, <laughs> in a sense that like, oh, shit. Um, everyone's attention spans are just totally fucked. And we're fucked. Like, totally- dude I've been like, I've been I've been I've been on uh, dating. I've, I've been single in the uh, in in this hellhole of 2020 oh my god dude Um, yeah and uh just even talking to people on dating apps and stuff like i've the amount of, of 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 girls i've talked to that are like oh i actually don't have the attention span to watch a movie um i just watch stuff on youtube and i don't and these are not like young these are like people you know like 28 27 whatever it's like but it's it still happens like you see the the vinification the instagram the 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 tiktok's like totally killing people's attention spans to the point where they can't even watch movies. So like I ask people like what's your favorite movie? They're like, I don't have one because I don't really watch movies. Jesus, dude. <laughs> and it's like depressing as shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't look I can't imagine being I, I was half joking about it um, with my roommate uh, who is also single during this pandemic. And I'm like, I can't fucking A I can't imagine being single currently in like twenty twenty period or two thousand nineteen period. But then with the fucking pandemic it must have been insane it must have been insane to be single for oh, yeah. That period, dude. yeah real dumb
2: i mean yeah <laughs>
0: real dumb yeah yeah
2: just just the dumbest
0: <laughs> yeah because it's a weird landscape it's to be a single guy right now it's a very strange landscape. oh yeah yeah
2: oh, yeah I, I mean you know i i had a relationship at the beginning of the pandemic okay uh okay. but then you know we got we got kind of um Stuck around each other too much, you know, like the, the classic pandemic situation where uh, you're like, okay, uh, well, we're locked in together for weeks and weeks and uh, just kind of only interacting with each other, yeah. And so it just kind of imploded on itself. Like, we're still good friends, so that's cool, but like, it's just we were like, oh no, this does not work at all. <laughs> like, I did, you want to, yeah, that's
0: happened, that's happened for so many people. Like, the, the yeah. fascinating thing about it. Is that the pandemic has forced everybody to actually become introspective and to become uh, aware of the situations that they're in and the and the people that they hang out with? And um, it's been fascinating. It's been like this really strange sort of cleaning of house that is that has happened. I think for a lot
2: of folks. Oh God, yeah. You know. Uh, anyways, this is, we should. I feel like we should steer the conversation <laughs> into something more fun. Let's talk about fun stuff. I feel like we're getting into bitter old man territory. <laughs>
0: Sometimes that happens on the show. I think the the, yeah. the listeners of the show are used to it. Where they just roll their eyes and they go, "All right, the mic's the mic's leading them into the fucking front porch again."
2: <laughs> Get me out of this front porch. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, there's good things that have come from the pandemic too.
0: Oh fuck yeah, man! Like, th- I mean, just this—you and me sitting around talking, like yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I think we got this. I mean I'm not gonna bitch about the internet all the way, man. Like the internet has been such a great. Hmm great way to connect with other creatives and a great way to fucking collaborate with people all over the fucking planet. I my, yeah. I've got composers in Sweden. You work with people all over the all over the globe for your, your projects.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing and it's a blessing and a curse and uh, everything is terrible but also great. So it's fine. <laughs> We're fine. We're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Oh god. I mean I it's you know At least for, like, getting work and shit. And that's, like, I feel like, I, you know, I I play the Count My Blessings game a lot in 2020.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, It's very important because it's just, like, fuck. Like, I feel like shit sucks and, like, I feel like, oh, fuck. Like, I fucking hate this, whatever, this situation I'm in with this job or, you know, I'm getting fucked with, like, having to pay all this money for a COVID officer and da da da. Sure. Um, then I think about like shit. Like imagine if I was like a waiter at a restaurant that relied on tips and like, or whatever, like imagine if I had, I was stuck at home with like three kids and I had to like, you know, facilitate their schooling and shit. And it's like, yeah. Jesus, like, yeah, I am doing better than most people could even hope for. And I, I need to really appreciate that, you oh. know? And, and, and I'm sure the same goes for you too. You know, it's like, we're fucking very, very, very lucky to be where we are.
0: Totally, dude, and 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 for me, it's been—I hate to say that it's been a positive thing because it's been a negative thing for so many people, but it has really been a positive thing for me. Like the ability that I've had not only to reassess my the speed and 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 the amount of time that I put into my work, but also uh, for prep because I'm prepping uh, a feature right now. So it's it's literally just granted me months and months of prep that I would not normally have. Where I can really just sort of take my time and, and sit here and go, I'm going to work on three scenes today. And then I'm going to go fucking watch some TV. And it's, it's nice. <laughs> it really, it's, it's really nice because, you know, the, I, th- I feel like the work is going to be better for it because I have the time to actually process ideas. Uh, because, you know, when, when we do these projects, especially if you do like a music video or something, the deadlines are fucking ridiculous.
2: Oh my God, yeah.
0: And so you're just like on the fly going, oh, fucking this, and then this, this, and then you get into the post of it and you're just like, man, if I had just had 15 more fucking minutes, I would have figured out better coverage for the sequence and it would have looked better. You know what I mean? And so uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but oftentimes I, I see like extra time for prep is a blessing, you know?
2: Yes. Yeah, it's definitely we in the music video world especially, it's like – fuck like you, you, directors get so fucked just in time and like mm-hmm. oh like 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 uh, i keep bringing up a little nas video but like dude like i truly got that job a week before i shot it yeah and like <laughs> oh, wow. it was like um okay i guess we're doing this and i guess we better pull together a fucking cyberpunk you know <laughs> world uh in six days cool all right let's go uh so yeah, that was a that was a fucking mess. Um but uh you know, filmmaking is in general a bit of a mess, I think. Yeah, I mean it's, <laughs> everything's a mess.
0: But it's it's part of the charm of it too. There there is the oh, yeah. you know, you go through you go to war essentially every time you do a project and, and you know, you go to war with hopefully the right group of people and then you form a bond with those people and then the sense of discovery that happens under the gun is often fun. Um, right, you know it, it it always just bugs me later you know what i mean like so when you're going back through the videos you're like fuck this was like almost fucking on and if i had <laughs> just had a couple of more fucking days that would oh, yeah that would have been on point you know
2: that's yeah 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 i mean i i, I don't know about you but like i feel that about about, about literally everything yeah uh, that yeah. i make where i can't I'm sure a lot of filmmakers are like this too. It's a, you know, it's like you can't see anything but the mistakes and the <laughs> shit. That you, like the shit you know you could have done better. And then it's just like everything. Like, you know, it's there's very few videos of mine that I can watch without like cringing at some point And being like, fuck. Like, I really wish I did that better.
0: <laughs> but I'm also surprised too because uh, I said this, I think, on a recent episode where at least early on you'll write a joke or you'll come up with an idea on page that makes you laugh when you're like putting together the concept and you're like, this will be funny. Boom. And you put it there. And then over the process of cutting it and shooting it and everything else, that thing just becomes so sterilized where you're like, is this a joke? What the fuck is this? Is
2: this funny? Dude, comedy and, 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 jokes and stuff. I'd say jokes and horror beats are like the hardest thing yes to from concepts to completion pull off in a way that like yeah like like you said like you know it's like like the way i see it it's like if i'm if i write the joke and it makes me laugh while writing it then i know it's good mm-hmm. um if i'm talking it to, to with my friends and we're laughing and it's like making us laugh then it's probably good or it's so dumb that it maybe it's, it's, I don't know. It's <laughs> sometimes there's the jokes where it's like, okay, this is only funny because we've been here for so long. Uh, sure. But like, you know, uh, translating that joke into the shoot. And then after the edit and like maintaining it, fuck dude, it's so hard. I mean, like I did this Netflix special uh, with uh, the Lonely Island guys, uh, mm-hmm. with Andy Samberg and Akiva Schaefer. Um, and like, there was several jokes in that where like, man, there was like one joke in that, in that, in that Netflix special that we had like, at least like 25 different versions of <laughs> and like different edits of, and we would just like show everybody and be like, what is the funny version of this? <laughs>
1: um, which, yeah, it, dude, which it's
0: in crazy. itself, which in itself is strange because if you're showing, if you're offering up an audience or whoever's watching it at that moment. Selections of it, then it's not. Is it as funny because there's multiple selections of it?
2: And most people don't know how to take in information like that, and like you know what I mean. Like most people don't know like how to look at each different cut, yeah. uh, You know, and usually they'll go with like the first one they saw or whatever.
0: (laughs) But then it always makes me laugh later on because I've had a couple moments in my shorts and pieces that I've done where you know I just forget, and so like you go through and you you edit and you put this whole thing together, and there's a joke in there, but. You're more focused on pulling everything else together and you've done your work to pace out that joke in the cut but then you're over it you're color grading you're doing everything else right and then you're screening it like i was screening i think it was 12 cam my film 12 cam for the audience and they fucking laugh at this joke and i just like Oh yeah, that's oh, right. Dude, yes, that's right. That was a funny fucking thing. Oh yeah, that's cool. All oh right. yeah,
2: once upon a time, that was like a joke. I <laughs> was really stoked on. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the beauty
0: of it, uh, you know. Later on, and and do you do you feel because a lot of your stuff that you do uh, ends up being released on YouTube and stuff. Have you screened a lot of your work for an audience? Have you been able to sit in a room with an audience and see your stuff?
2: Yeah, um, some of it. Uh, you know, I, I don't like the, the Halo top one in pre-birth was like part of uh pre-birth was like in a couple little festivals and, yeah. uh, the Halo top one was like at the advertising awards. So there's like some stuff here and there, but for the most part, no, uh, which sucks because like, I feel like that experience kind of, um, it, it, makes it all worth it. You know, it's like, you see numbers online, you see comments, it's totally different.
0: T- dude, totally. And this is a funny or an interesting conversation, because I just had this with the episode that we released today with uh, Anthony Boyce, who cuts comedy for TV. So he did like VP, um, did Vice Principals, he did all that stuff.
2: Oh, shit, I love Vice Principals.
0: Yeah, dude, he's great. And uh, he was talking about how difficult it is to get feedback on the show when they're deep in the uh, post-production of a, of a season, because they never really get to see it with fans. They never really get to see it with an audience. And so they're constantly trying to uh show it to specific people to get that feedback because when you screen something for folks as you know whether you're screening it in your edit room or if you screen it in a theater the entire perception changes it's like this strange uncanny moment where like you're transported out of your own body into theirs and they don't even have to say a fucking thing you're suddenly seeing it through right. their eyes and going like yeah
2: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
0: you know what i mean isn't that crazy
2: yeah, yeah seeing it through the different lens for sure and uh sometimes yeah like when you don't have that opportunity to kind of show us to people uh and see it from a outside your own head um that's where weed comes in sometimes
0: <laughs> <laughs> but i also feel like a lot of the feedback that you get uh from online chat forms and that kind of shit or like comments under fucking youtube videos is um it's not it's not real feedback and it's it's really dissatisfying right. for me where I, like you spend all this time doing it and someone goes wow awesome smiley face flame fucking thing and you're just like oh, <laughs> that's why that's that's all I get that's all I get from you
2: dude fucking showing your shit to like showing your shit to like friends and getting like that reaction that's like yeah cool <laughs> I hate that <laughs> it's like the worst you know it's the worst it's like and especially like I I I I almost, like, I have a policy now where I, like, don't show my friends or anybody, like, rough cuts now unless I'm, like, directly asking them for feedback, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is, like, not there's not that many people that I really, you know, show and, and want feedback from. Um, but, like, you know, if you show, like, a rough cut to people, it's, like, it totally diminishes the impact of when they see the final thing. Sure. And makes it, like, this kind of half, okay, I get the idea of it i got the idea of it i saw it in this shitty form oh and now i'm seeing it a little bit more polished up and but i already got it you know what i mean and then like the reaction is very like oh yeah no yeah that was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, i am ai live for reactions you know i live for like getting a reaction out of somebody
0: me too dude me too so, like
2: yeah man like showing the video and getting a pretty cool is like always you know <laughs> it's always tricky it's uh, always
0: rough. It drives me crazy. It's, I mean, that's yeah. why I do horror. I do horror because I, I'm an older brother and I've got three younger siblings and I love to fucking tease the shit out of them. And that was what I loved right. to do as a kid. And so for me, it's like, I, I just want to make everybody shit themselves. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Like if I can have a screening where like people have to get up and go to the bathroom because they've shit themselves, I will be <laughs> so happy. So happy with that. <laughs> that is like the ultimate review for me.
2: Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely, uh, I mean, the, the 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 films I have in the works are, are well, there's, there's two horror and one that's more of a biopic, but nice. I love, love, love the world of horror. And um, I haven't really gotten a chance to play in it as much as I'd like to.
0: Dude, it's fun. I love it, man. It's like my favorite place to be, because A, it's the genre that we'll, uh, who, we'll see after post-COVID, but it's still the genre that brings people in the theaters. It's still the genre. Right. That uh, studios will take risks on. It's still, it's still like that, that playground that can be dangerous. I think one of the issues that I've had with horror lately, and I've said it on the show uh, quite a few times, is that it's being co-opted by a lot of other folks from other genres because their their genres have been sort of closed off for the theater. So like, to try to make like a a, th- a thirty million fucking drama, you just aren't going to get the money for that anymore. Right. right. And so you're getting a lot of Uh, comedians, you're getting a lot of dramatic uh, talent going into the horror world, and then they package it as a horror film, and then you watch it, you go, it's really not that fucking scary. This was a fucking family drama, and it was a good family drama, but it's not a fucking horror movie.
2: (laughs) And What are your... uh, Just sorry to interrupt. Sure, go ahead. What what, uh, what are your favorite horror movies? Of all time? Uh, Let's say in the past uh, 20 years.
0: Past 20 years? Um, uh, let's do the let's math. Make on things it. Interesting. Let's do the math on it. Um, 20 years would be, what is that? Is that the eighties? No, it's it's, it's more. Okay, than. How much. about
2: let's just say since the, since you know what? Fuck it. Let's say all time.
0: Okay. Well, if it's all time, I'd go the thing. I'll do the same. So it would be the thing alien. It would be, uh, the exorcist. Nice. Um, it would be more current stuff. I thought that the, uh, 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 Gore Verbinski's The Ring was fantastic, dude. Um, we
2: have we have a very similar horror taste, oh, dude. And then
0: as you get into, I mean, I love a lot of trash horror. So like, I love a lot of old Grindhouse shit. Um, and so you're like, like I'll watch like old, um, like the original Suspiria. I'll watch Society. Yeah, <laughs> I'll watch um, fucking um, you know, uh, like a lot of old Rodriguez shit. And then um, for the current stuff, I mean, John Carpenter is like kind of the Bible for me. So like any old John Carpenter stuff like The Fog and all that. But then as we get into the current shit, I would say, what was the last film that really blew my dick off?
2: Oh, Hereditary. Come on now. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Look.
0: All right. I'm going to take the stance. I'm going to be the fucking Uh-oh. guy that takes oh, the no. stance. Here we go. And it's because, and this is. and I'm just going to let you know why. It's because when Hereditary came out, uh, me and my writing partner were out pitching to production companies. So when Hereditary came out, every fucking production company that we went into, they would read our treatment and go, have you seen Hereditary? And I was like, fuck you. And so that was the first reason why I had a bad attitude about it. But then ah. the, the second reason is I've seen Rosemary's Baby and I've seen The Fucking Exorcist. So I've seen both those movies. Um, and Hereditary has like two great scenes in it that I'm like, fuck yeah. Those scenes are fucking phenomenal. But is it the jack-off fest that, it, that everybody talks about? I don't know, dude.
2: <laughs> I don't know, man. Sounds like you got your own shit stirred up in the pot there. Uh,
0: There's a lot of my own shit stirred up in that yeah, pot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Dude, Hereditary is fucking fantastic. It's a good um, movie. It's a right it's It's fucking good man i don't know i how many times have you seen it
0: uh like two i'd say like two times i I would say that
2: as far as modern horror goes no other has affected me so much as that and yeah it's like a little rosemary baby like whatever but um (laughs) it's not (laughs) it's totally different and the whole unreliable narrative like like the 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 idea of like the unreliable narrator and like the uh Mm -hmm. um the flip of that, where it's like, oh no no no, she's not crazy. Like it's all, it's all real, and it's all crazier than you can imagine. And also, I just love. I have a soft spot for like cults. Oh and, sure, like, oh sure, yeah, and and Satan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, dude, oh yeah, totally. I, I, I really get a kick out of that stuff. So <laughs> you know, when I when I got to the Lord Paimon stuff, I was just like, oh. Fuck Yes. I'm so glad
0: they did this. Um, I was, have you seen, uh, have you seen the possessor yet? Have you seen the recent one?
2: I have, I wanted to like it more than I did, but I liked it.
0: I, I really enjoyed the tone of that. I really enjoyed I what too. he was doing.
2: Yeah. That. I, you know what it was is, is <laughs> I, it's one of those things where it's like, I'd been so hyped on it for so long. Yeah. And I, 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 um, love Cronenberg. Yeah. Uh, um, and that fucking poster is so captivating to me. And I, I was like, I cannot wait to see what is going on with this girl's face.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then
2: when it turned out to just be like this rubber mask for this like obscure scene, I was just like a little bit disappointed. <laughs> uh, I, the
0: the yeah. rejection, the rejection of the hype. Uh, yeah. That's a yes.
2: Yeah. So the hype kind of fucked with me, Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, now knowing what it is, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful movie with a yeah. fucking crazy, amazing score. And it's beautifully shot and beautifully made. Um, so I just, I need, I think I need to revisit it.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, check it out again. I mean, for me these days, I've just been really refreshed with like the offbeat shit that's actually able to still be made like that stuff. Yeah, man. like, like Mandy, Mandy still fucking, you know, makes me happy. So, oh, I loved Mandy. You know, there's a bunch of like that really off.
2: I also feature. loved Color Out of Space.
0: Yeah, I thought it was cool, man. I, it was really cool. I thought they did. it. I good liked album. it way better
2: than I thought I would. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I was lucky enough to be at the premiere out here in Los Angeles. Oh, nice. Sports.
2: Was yeah. Richard Stanley there?
0: Yeah, he's such a, he's such a like a like a like a little Eeyore, because he's been through so much shit. <laughs>
2: like, oh yeah, I'm sure.
0: So like you see him on stage, he's such a sweetheart, uh, and the kid in that. Uh, I forget the kid's name, the kid actor. He's fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, he was amazing and incredibly charismatic in real life.
2: Oh my god, the, yeah. when he gets fused, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, I <laughs> I remember growing up watching Hardwired mm-hmm. uh, or hard, I'm sorry, Hardware, mm-hmm. uh, and that I can't believe that that's like the same director because that movie is insane. Yeah, uh, yep. and not good, but also I love killer robots, so like, of course, I, I ate <laughs> that
0: shit up. Yeah. Uh, dude, you and I could... Uh, it's, it sucks that we're in COVID, because otherwise I'd be like, have you here, and we'd have beers, and we'd get yeah, fucking totally nerdy. Yeah,
2: When all this blows over, yeah, let's, we, let's make it happen.
0: Let's do it. Let's get some fucking horror shit going. Um, yeah. But, I, look, I'm holding you up long enough. We're, we're sort of pushing uh, that time uh, where... I this is the point in the show where I usually ask my guests to give a little advice to the uh, young listeners on the show. Um, and I would say for you, I would ask, well, you know, your career has, it seems from the outside, it seems that your career has been, has been built on you doing two things. One taking risks and two having fun, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, what do you think is the most important aspect of being a young, like getting started? Like, how would you suggest folks getting started? And like, uh, you know, is it just as simple as picking up a camera and having a good time? Like what would your, go ahead. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think that that that, I mean, that's a good question. Um, and I think that the most important thing, especially nowadays is persistence and, um, not giving up when you get your heart broken and mm. you pour a bunch of time and energy and effort into something that you do, and nobody gives a fuck or like nobody likes it, yeah, um, which happens to all of us, you know and and I think that as a filmmaker, I think that that is like getting thick skin and and persevering throughout all that shit is like I think the most important thing, um because it's so easy to pour all your energy and effort into a project and think that it's the greatest thing or, or think that people are going to react to it differently and and then you release it and nobody cares and it's it whatever not you know doesn't get any views or whatever yeah um it's very easy to get down about that stuff so i always say like give yourself like like make a thing if people don't like it give yourself a few days to feel sorry for yourself and move <laughs> the fuck on and make something else you know, and uh, I think that that's it, it gets very easy to um, to kind of get down on yourself and to get, you know, to to release something and then be like, oh, nobody likes what I do and then give up. Um, so just the whole like not giving up until you really find your stride and like find what you're good at and find what makes you as a filmmaker like special. Um, I think that that's the most important advice I can give.
0: It's good advice, man. And I completely agree with it because this business beats the fuck out of you. And so you, yeah. you hit a point where you're just like, it, you, you you end up on like a, a incredible high. You get a phone call and it's like, we're going. And you're like, fuck yeah. And then like six hours later, they're like, we killed your mother. And you're like, fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's brutal. It's an emotional roller coaster, yeah. and, uh, and so you got to get that thick skin and building up that callus, that thick skin, I think is, is the most important thing you can do. Because you're going to get your heart broken
0: There it is (laughs) Uh, I had as much fun with this show As I thought I was going to So I was not let down Mike was a great guest Uh, I love his fucking story I love his fucking story about getting arrested Jesus Christ man You know, talk about lucky, 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 lucky. And uh, it's crazy what uh, the reach that your work has, right? When you do your stuff and you just sort of post it online and then years go by and you're like, nah, no one really gives a shit anymore. It always blows my mind when I go into a bar, when I used to go into a bar, when I go into a place and I meet a stranger and if I'm wearing a shirt from a band that I've done something for and they're like... Kill, switch Engage, did you do that? And then it's like, fuck. You never really think about the reach that these things have. And when you're just looking at numbers on YouTube, it's like, okay, a million views, 500,000 views, 500 views. Think about the room that fills that amount of people. Think about the scale of the reach that you're having with these things. And it always blows my mind, I randomly years ago i was out here visiting in california and i just walked into a coffee shop randomly walked into a coffee shop and the guy working as a barista was like mike and he just looked at me and i was like what he's like yeah i've seen your stuff online and i'm like holy fuck i had no idea i I didn't live out here yet i had no idea um so it blows my mind and in mike's scenario (laughs) it came in handy got him off the hook (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I hope you guys like how candid we are on the show, and I hope you guys enjoy the, the holes that we dive down into, and sometimes we go into uh, dark places, but the truth of the matter is, is this is a great fucking job. Uh, I love every day that I get to do it, and the days that I don't get to do it, I'm jonesing to do it again, like a fucking crack addict. I'm in the corner shaking until I can get back on set. It's been too long, and I got the shakes. I can't wait cannot wait so when it gets dark on the show it's just because there's an underlining fucking like "Ah, can we get back to work and I know you guys are all feeling the same thing and uh, I just want to say like I appreciate all of you and I hope that uh, this show continues to inspire I hope that it makes you laugh uh, and hope it makes you feel good and uh, I'm just happy to be able to bring it to you guys and uh, as always, thanks for listening. And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Re- what am I recording? What's today? Today's like, it's pre-Christmas. I don't know when this episode's going to come out. We'll try to fast track this one, but things have been good on my end. Uh, I've been doing a lot of prep, I've been prepping in this project that I'm not allowed to talk about yet, um, which has been really great. And then, you know, we're prepping for Christmas. Are you guys prepping for your holiday? Uh we actually went out and bought like a big fat fucking tree this year, decorated it up, gonna do like a good meal. We're gonna do like a I think we're gonna do the seven fishes. I finally found a spot here in Los Angeles that had some decent shellfish. So I think we're gonna do seven fishes for Christmas Eve. For those of you who aren't Italian, those of you who don't know, that's a tradition. Uh every Christmas Eve you try to serve seven different dishes, each with a different fish. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. Um, and uh, this year we're going to try to bang that out. So me, Gina, and Mike are going to get fat. Christmas Eve and the Christmas Day we'll do a nice and chill big meal, watch movies all day. I think it's nice. It's nice. It's exciting. I'm into it. I hope you guys uh, are prep for your holiday. I hope you guys have a safe and a happy holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah kwanzaa whatever it is that you want to celebrate and just remember i know that we're not allowed to be hanging out with family be responsible about that remember that covid is real and uh just because uh we get depressed and we get uh stir crazy doesn't mean that the virus just stops doing its thing so be responsible about it but even if you can't go home like we're not going to go home even if you can't go home and see your family that doesn't mean that you can't create your own fun little ritual and it doesn't have to be something huge man make yourself a good meal make yourself a good meal on christmas spend some time look it up try to figure out how to do it make yourself a good meal have a great holiday guys and uh as always i'll see you next tuesday